welcome in to another special edition of Not Just Another Team Podcast. I'm your host, Haley, Haleyson. How are we, how are we doing today? <laughs> great. great. <laughs> doing great. I feel like I'm on the, the nightly news. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's not what the podcast actually is. But it is a sport ball pod, the one that you know and you love. Seth, to my right, your left. Recovering from the hiccups <laughs> as you speak. I was just holding my breath for the intro. So as soon as we start recording, he started hiccuping and I felt it was fate. Uh boys, we are in person together. We for are the first time in years. Well, not really. Well, not really, but recording <laughs> the pod in person for the first time in years. Feels nice. Does it feel good? Feels great. We're just staring at ourselves. I started a Zoom meeting with just myself, and we're just staring at ourselves. We should probably just look at each other, stare deeply mm-hmm. into each other's eyes, while Kyle stares deeply into <laughs> his NFTs. NFTs. He's already distracted. Looking at sports boys. Oh wow! He's preparing Researching for the podcast. Right yeah. he's our on, <laughs> on-site researcher. All right. Well, this will be a, probably a little quick one today because we have to go watch the game. But we want to talk NFL. We want to talk NBA. Do we ever talk anything else? <laughs> No, we do not. <laughs> uh, let's talk. Let's start with NFL, shall we? Sure. So, there's a couple of hits we need to do here. You know, a couple of things that are percolating in ESPN and the other Talking Heads networks that I think we need to hit on because our listeners created right. The first being the Patriots of New England, mm. who are about to watch play tonight against the Falcons. So, anything we say could be false by the end of this recording. Most likely, will yeah. But we only have one listener, and it's Matt, and he's probably not going to watch the game. So it'll be fine. <laughs> he's told me multiple times he's been able to sustain numerous conversations with a coworker about. I think that's really how we should be advertising this podcast. Yeah, is impress your friends and coworkers by showing some basic sports knowledge <laughs> for the below average sports fan. A podcast. <laughs> uh, so. The Patriots are on a bit of a run here, and there's been some whispers, some murmurs mm-hmm. that they might be one of the best teams in the AFC. Okay. Well, I just – murmurs. That's why people aren't saying it outright. Okay. I guess they do have, like, third best. So, yeah, here's their last four games. You ready? Sure. Give it to me. Since losing to the Cowboys in a close one, mm-hmm. 54-13 Jets. 27-24 versus the Chargers, 24-6 against the Panthers, and a win 45-7 to against the Browns this past week. Perhaps the most convincing of those wins, despite the 54 put up against the lowly Jets. Uh, they're the sixth seed now. They're only a half game back of the Bills. I mean, do the Bills hear footsteps? I assume some Bills players have hearing <laughs> adequate enough to hear footsteps, yes. I knew that's exactly what you were going to say as soon as you looked at me. So... I don't know. What do you guys think? Do you guys think you actually consider them a serious threat in the AFC or are they kind of just like a wild card team? Maybe wins a playoff game, maybe not. Where are you at with them? I feel like it's kind of at that point in the year where you could kind of say the same thing about several teams in the AFC. Um, I think on our last pod, we all kind of came to the consensus that the Bills were kind of still the team to beat or the team that we had the most confidence in. And then they've lost some games since then. And, you know, the Chiefs look good again. We'll get to them later. The Titans have a good record, but are missing their best player, right? The Browns. AJ Brown's playing. Good one. Uh, (laughs) 
I mean, running backs don't matter, so Derrick Henry is not really eligible. Um, you know, the Browns were once good. So there's just a whole bunch of those teams, and I expect that over the second half of the season, the separation will grow between them. But I do think we at least have to concede that the Patriots are a playoff team at this point. It does seem that way, right? I think so. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think there was a lot of questions behind Mac Jones dropping all the way to the Patriots without them having to trade up for a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, he's not the dynamic player that the other quarterbacks from the draft are or were that went ahead of him. But for the Patriots who have really only ever needed a, a game manager, right? You know, no one here, I don't, obviously Tom's a game changer end of games, but he's the superb, like the best game manager we've ever seen. And I feel like Mac Jones coming in had, he showed us through college that he's one of the best game managers that there was in college. So, so accurate, right? Yeah, exactly. He, he makes the right plays. They're not splashy plays usually, but he makes the right plays. So he's fit in really well. Um, You know, who's to say like, if this team had, a star receiver, who knows what they'd be doing. I think that's the one thing that they're really missing. Are you forgetting about Kendrick Bourne? <laughs> the Bourne identity, perhaps? Uh, Kyle, where do you think, um, if they redrafted today, where do you think Mac Jones would go in the draft? Mm, interesting. I think, ooh, that's a tough question. I think he, he would have gone top 10, I think. I, I want. I wonder if Shanahan would have had the same mm-hmm. inclination to take a flyer on an athletic quarterback, or take someone like Mac Jones who could have stepped in right away and filled that same Jimmy Garoppolo mm-hmm. role on a lesser contract. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I think if you ask them, they would certainly say that they still believe in Trey Lance and like yeah 100% like we haven't seen a lot of Trey yeah. Lance I mean they never were drafting him for this year I think right exactly so, can't I really mean evaluate that but yeah exactly I mean if the Jets, the Jets were too. smart they would take him at two but I almost just feel like he wouldn't have been as successful with the Jets like he fell into the perfect situation not saying like he's not a great quarterback I'm just saying that like the way he plays is perfect for the Patriots right and with the Jets, you don't have the skill around you to really make a game manager that that uh, I mean, you don't have valuable. anything on the Jets skill or coaching or except for our boy Elijah Moore. I mean, that's not true. They have skilled players. I don't. Yeah, I don't get really the whole thing about the Jets. It's it's really. I mean, the thing is, I think they're quarterback. I don't think Zach Wilson deserved to go as high as he did. I wasn't that high on him during draft season. He had a stellar last year in college, but before that, he never played like that. So, so know, maybe Mac draft, would thrive. Yeah, do you draft the one season anomaly at such a premier position, or do you take the established player? I think that's kind of the question. The Jets said he had a great season. We're going to roll with him, but I don't know. I don't think that was the right choice. It certainly doesn't seem that way, right? And you would hear like the players from Alabama. They said this to me personally, actually, mm. that those that played with Tua with Mac, like they all, I mean, they would obviously try to be politically, you know, neutral about it, but you, they said with their comments that they preferred Mac, basically. 
And then, I think Devonta Smith straight up said in an interview <laughs> they asked him and he said Mac Jones 100. There was a lot. Of, <laughs> there was a lot of you know talk of did he say this because Mac is in the same draft as him? Yeah. Would he be saying this if Tua and Mac were in the, yeah. the same draft together? Who's to say? So maybe not as politically neutral as I thought he was, but yeah, I mean they seem. He seems to be. I mean, he's certainly been better than Tua so far. So seems like they got the right Alabama quarterback. Is he though? I feel like Tua is in a very uh, hostile situation. There's a couple of plays like per game. I feel like that Mac wouldn't make that Tua does. They're just inexplicable bad throws. You know, I haven't watched a lot of the Dolphins this year, but I I'm sure it can't be easily easy mentally where you go through the first half of the season and there's all these trade rumors already before you've even had a chance in your career to really establish yourself. Definitely. And so hopefully now that we're past that, uh, he can kind of settle in. I've always been a Tua fan, mostly just because I like lefty quarterbacks. I think it looks cool. (laughs) But... (laughs) I hope he figures it out. I mean, they looked like a, a new team last week when they brought him in in the second half. Like, he provides a spark. He's an electric quarterback. Yeah. I saw it in college, too. But, like I said, you know, it, when it doesn't seem like the franchise is behind you, you know, I feel like it's got to be a hard situation to constantly perform well under. That's yeah. just a tough team to figure out because with the talents, like, we expected like them to We be. were so high on them. And the coaching, mm-hmm. we were very – I was, you know – Flores, I, I thought, was going to be one of the next best coaches. And it's like, I, I don't know anymore. He really, I'd like to see him stay there next year and see what happens. I think it was just kind of a perfect storm this year, you know? I don't know. Send him to, send him to Washington. Send anyone to Washington. <laughs> uh, can I give you the rest of the Patriots schedule? I'll allow it. <clears throat> Falcons tonight, as we know. Mm. Titans, Colts, Bills twice. And then they get to end with Jaguars and Dolphins, the aforementioned. So if they can a steal a game against the Bills, right, and then have that soft schedule to end, I think they're in a really good spot to make the playoffs. I'm expecting a 10-win team now. Titans, Colts, Bills twice. And then Jags, Dolphins. So let's say they beat the Falcons tonight, right? Earth seven wins. Yeah. Beat the Jags. Let's say they beat the Jags and the Finns. That's mine. Uh-huh. And then they got to beat either the – They could beat the Colts. I'm saying if they steal a game against the Bills, that's 10. And then, yeah, if you beat the Colts, it's 11. Quick math here. So, I don't Quick know. Maths. I think I, – I feel like they're a playoff lock at this point. What am I going so far as to say they're going to win a playoff game? Yes. Yes, I am. You heard it here <laughs> first. Uh, can we talk about the Chiefs? Tell me if you're allowed or not. I'll allow it. Thank you. Are the Chiefs back? That's the question everyone's asking in the streets. Uh, they beat the Raiders 41-14 this week after putting up three versus the Titans, 20 versus the Giants, and a mere 13 versus the Packers. Uh, you still... want to know if they've made it back to Kansas City after the game? Yeah, or... I didn't hear anything about the flight. I was tracking it. Okay. A little worried. Yeah. I, I haven't heard anything either, so okay. I think that is good news. Ooh. Oh, okay. Good I news. would assume. Yeah, you're right. Um, I guess what I want to really ask is, Kyle, are they back as Super Bowl contenders in your mind? Or do you think that this up and down will continue the rest of the season? You know, I, I think, I mean, it's not like Mahomes isn't making the same questionable plays as he was early in the season. But, um, you know, that game against the Giants that they ended up winning, very close game. 
Right. And it probably shouldn't have been against the Giants. Right. Packers, another close game. Packers defense isn't that great. Put it on the Raiders. What are the Raiders? You know, I think they're they were an anomaly early on in the season too. So well, and yeah. the whole Gruden situation, like throw a wrench and everything. Exactly. Gruden and Rubs, it's hard to emotionally come back from that. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, they got a, you know, they don't, their schedule is not like extremely daunting the rest of the way either. They're going to make the playoffs. It's the Chiefs, right? But I think what, what it comes down to is, is Mahomes going to continue to do what Mahomes does when he's under pressure, where he tries to extend the play as long as possible and just heave a ball up. Cause that's the biggest, I feel like mistakes that he makes during games. Well, and you saw um, in that Raiders game, like he got a touchdown on one of those heaves to Daryl Williams mm-hmm. running back 40 yards downfield, who just made a play in the end zone and caught the ball. And I do feel like that's kind of the hallmark of the chiefs is, I mean, it's not a perfect analogy, but it's kind of like in basketball, like a no, no, yes kind of player where it's like, oh my God, I can't believe Patrick's making that throw. But it always works out because he's Patrick Mahomes. Right. We've always expected it from him. Yeah. Are you telling me that Patrick Mahomes is the NFL's Marcus (laughs) Marcus wishes. (laughs) Um, So, I mean, it's kind of like staff, really, where Mm -hmm. you, you, or Dame, or Dame, like he's pulling up from there, like, no way, you know. Um, but so maybe that just kind of caught up with him. Yeah, I think it was more of a you know regression to the mean, right? In terms of what can and can't he get away with consistently? Because he was getting away with that every time he did it last year, yeah. the year before. Mm-hmm. But I think there was like, you know, we we talked on our last pod about the Chiefs, and I think I brought up that it seemed like there was more issues than just like a few mistakes. Like it really felt like teams had figured out a way to take Tyreek Hill out of the game. And mm-hmm. yeah, Travis Kelsey wasn't getting open like he used to yeah. and their trick plays weren't working. Yeah. And then, you know, everything was working again last week against the Raiders. So I don't know. It's probably somewhere in the middle. I don't think the chiefs are going to be that, that team, the last couple of years that we've seen where it's like anyone's going to be a pretty significant underdog against them. Um, but I still have more confidence in them than most any other team in the AFC. And I think we should mention too, because I completely forgot until I just looked that Packers game. That was Jordan Love was that quarterback. Yeah. Well, I was saying they only put up 13 in that game. Right. Yeah. yeah. And Jordan Love, I'm pretty sure that was almost had that, was that at the end of the game he missed uh, mm-hmm. was it Devontae down the sideline that would have been a yeah. touchdown, but it was an interception. They probably would have lost it. that game with Aaron Rodgers, right? 100 percent I think. Well, the other thing that's going on, well, first of all, before I even say anything, so that we're gonna let Kyle get away with um last pod saying when I asked him, Are the Chiefs gonna make the playoffs? He said no. This pod, he says to us, It's the Chiefs, they'll make the playoffs. Are we gonna let him get away with this? Or it seems like we were going to, but I'm glad you brought it up. We, you, go. you know, it's a fluid sport. We reassess every time we're here. Any given Sunday. Uh, the other thing is a lot of teams have been playing two high safeties against the chiefs, right? Taking away the deep game to Tyree kill, like you forcing said. them to run the ball, forcing them to run the ball and find underneath throws to Travis Kelsey, which you would think great. Right. I would fun. considering I have Travis Kelsey on my fantasy team. I would think, yeah, that's but Travis good. hasn't been that blanket for them this year as much as in years past. Right. So that's, he's been much more up and down. Yeah. So when teams play those two high safeties and take away the, that deep threat, they've been struggling to kind of adjust to that. Now they have played the Raiders who 
pretty much exclusively play cover three, basically, and don't put two high safeties out there. And from my understanding, they didn't change at all, really. They didn't really – they were saying, you know, that has been working against the Chiefs. This is our defense, and we trust it. And that turned out to be a big mistake, as we can see from the score. So I'd be interested to see the next time they play a team that really buys into that, that scheme, you know, if we see some offensive struggles again. And I think you're right. What you said, they're not going to be that dominant force we've seen in the past, right? Because defenses are trying to, trying to use that strategy against them. And it is a little harder for them to score points. I think they're still a playoff team, but I don't expect them to, to make the Super Bowl this year. If Which, you were, if you were Andy Reed, would you tell Patrick Mahomes, Hey, I believe in you keep doing what you're doing. Defenses can't stop you. Or would you say, Hey, they're taking away the line ball. You got to just take what the defense gives you. Well, I think, well, I think Andy Reed's going to say, just keep doing what you're doing. You're a superstar, right? It's like, you don't tell Dame to stop pulling up from three, mm-hmm. whether he's hot or not. But like I said, I, I wasn't joking when I said the Sammy Watkins loss was a big loss for them because their main underneath guy now is only Travis Kelsey. To the point. Right. So Nicole there's, only, there's only, is so bad. <laughs> he's he's so a dynamic bad. player. He probably should just be like a punt and kick returner. But yeah. um, but w- without having two deep threats and two players to play underneath on top of a running back coming out from underneath. Now teams just really have to cover Hardman. And then if he's covered underneath, it's just Travis Kelsey. You yeah. Know, and you only have to single cover Hardman because he's asked. So exactly. Yeah. And um, I don't know. I think, I mean, they're still fourth in offense. So it's yeah, not they're, like, still, they're putting up yard, like, yeah, they're doing what they're doing. I don't think their defense is as good as it was either, but. Be interesting to see next half of the season how they they deal with. We got a good game this weekend. Chiefs Cowboys. Cowboys. And Cowboys also play a lot of cover three, so it'll be interesting to see if they fall into the same the same uh, issue that the Raiders did. Does Dan Quinn have the guts to change around his defense or the gumption? I mean, it's hard when you've been that's all you've been playing all year, right? So, and you probably don't have the personnel to do it. So if we're saying. Patriots definitely make the playoffs. That leaves two more wild card spots, right? Do we think the Steelers and the Bengals keep that? Because that means the Chargers aren't making the playoffs. Or the Browns. Kind of soured on the Chargers. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, I-, I think it's going to be interesting for those last two spots. I don't have a ton of faith in the Steelers. No. I have faith in the Steelers. I don't have faith in the Browns. I don't have faith in the Browns anymore either after – Everything that's been going on. I don't think I have on. faith in either of them. Well, that transitions personally perfect into the next thing I wanted to talk about, which is the AFC North. Because, like you said, two of those wild cards might come out of there. Who's going to win the division? Who's going to make the playoffs out of there? I mean, this this division is almost like what we thought the NFC West was going to be coming into the year, right? Every team is 500 or better. You got the Ravens at 6-3. Steelers are 5-3-1 and one after one of the worst games of football ever played. <laughs> against the Lions, where they tied 16-16. The worst part is that numerous players came out after the game and said they didn't know there could be ties in the NFL. Like, <laughs> do we have to do this every year? Every year, there's a tie, and we still don't know the rule? Like, they, what the hell? They must not watch football when they're not playing or something. Or their coach never told them, or they weren't listening. Which was it? Or <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, some other explanation that you did not name. The Bengals are five and four after we all crowned them champions of the AFC two weeks ago. The Browns are five know. and five with uh, one of their quarterbacks with a missing shoulder, and the other quarterback being. Um, if you see it, let us know. 
Who was the who's the backup quarterback? Case Keenum. Does that sound right? The Browns? Yeah. 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 Who's better than Baker anyway? So honestly. Better than Kirk Cousins. (laughs) So who do you guys like out of this division? I think it's still the Baltimore to win the division. I feel like I can't pick anyone else at this point. I mean, I picked the Browns going into the season, but that quarterback situation has me has me a little down on them, you know. I don't think that the Ravens like they should be seven and two right now. They shouldn't have lost that game against the Dolphins. There was some horrendous drops by their receivers in that game. Absolutely brutal, like inexcusable drops. Despicable. Uh, that's disgusting. Kinda... <laughs> yeah. But that's what you get with the Ravens. I was right? gonna say Marquise Brown is a they dropper. The it's a shame. The Dolphins did a really good job of limiting Lamar, which is what you have to do, and if the receivers aren't going to make plays. It's always going to be a toss up. I feel like the thing I like about the Ravens now, uh, last, last Thursday's game, notwithstanding, or was it last Monday? They just played, right? One of the primetime games where they lost to the Dolphins that notwithstanding, um, is that now it seems like they can come back if they're down a few scores, right? Uh, early in his career, Lamar was his MVP player, but we had questions about his passing when he's, in pass only situations when he's coming back from down 14 or so. Yeah. And um, this year he's answered that bell. I think there's been three or four times they've come back from a couple of scores and his, his mid range passing has really improved. Like he's just like a good passer now, you know, and like with how he runs now, he's just unstoppable. I feel like, so I feel like Lamar plus John Harbaugh, who's a great coach equals like 12 to 15 regular season wins every year. You know, I mean, on top of that, we've gotten a couple games now of Rashad Bateman, who mm. we're all, pretty high on coming into the year and then he got that injury and yeah. we didn't know what was going to happen, but Rashad's a stud and he's kind of showing it now. And I think once targets, once he becomes the alpha guy there, it's a completely different story. He is much more dependable on catching passes than Marquise, than Mark Andrews. Yeah. Like he was kind of, he was Lamar's guy late in the game last, you know, against the Dolphins. So he went six for eight. 80 yards. Marquise Brown caught six of 13 passes. Mark Andrews also six of eight. Yeah, that was one of Mark's good games, right? They're kind of Bateman was that receiver they've been looking for. And they mm-hmm. were trying to find in Sammy Watkins as well, but he's been injured. Where it's third and seven. Can you get to the sticks? Can you make a contested catch in traffic to get us he's, a first down? He's a do-it-all player. He's gonna be a stud in the NFL. The Adam Thielen role, if you will. Essentially. Yeah. Except they have a quarterback who actually throws it past the first down yardage <laughs> instead of throwing it two yards on the other side. <laughs> what was it? You said your dad said when yeah, you my game? dad watched, we were watching the game last week. I was watching with my dad, and <clears throat> he's like, No one's better. Throwing a six-yard completion on third and ten. <laughs> so fucking true. I feel like we've been saying that about Bears quarterbacks for uh, years, though. So at least we have Justin Fields now and knows how to throw a deep pass. Um, all right, let's move over to the NFC. So just real quick, the Rams have struggled the last couple of games. Lost to the Titans, lost to the Niners, even after building what some have called a super team, acquiring Von Miller, and then probably the less impactful Odell Beckham Jr. But they did lose Robert Woods, Bobby Trees, Bobby Trees. to a season-ending injury, so perhaps Brutal. Odell can be more valuable to them in the wide receiver two role. Um, so that, yeah, that Robert Woods injury does concern me, and certainly the last two losses have been concerning. Are you guys still 
seeing this team as a as a Super Bowl threats to come out of the NFC? I think they're a threat still. I think there's a lot of teams in the NFC that are a threat. Um, I think, I don't know, super team, I think, is an exaggeration. And I think they're called that because they're going all in for this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what they, they do every year. Yeah. Their draft picks, right? Yeah, but, like, I don't know. It's kind of it's kind of like when they we talk about uh, which teams in the NBA have like how many combined All Star appearances, right? And so you look at Brooklyn. It's like, oh, well, Marcus Aldridge has been an All Star this week. It's like okay, he's at the end of his age yeah, apex, right? Yeah, it's like yeah, Aldo Beckham Jr. like used to be good, and it's like when do we when do we stop thinking of Odell as rookie season Odell? Yeah. We should have probably stopped three years ago. We but. all agree on this. They, I will say, like their their new additions notwithstanding, they already kind of had a super team with Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey in their primes, who are probably the two best defenders in the game, maybe like two out of the best mm-hmm. ten. And of course, Cooper Cup has proved to be one of the best. I mean, and Robert league. Woods, that loss is going to be huge. Odell yeah. can't fill that role. No. no. Van Jefferson. Van though. Jefferson, though, exactly. Who we sneaky like? <laughs> He's a little frisky. <laughs> but. Um, you know, I, you could say they're still a contender, but I, I think that any of the any of the teams that are winning their division in the NFC, I would put them probably above the Rams right now, a.k.a. Packers, Cardinals, Cowboys, and Bucks. Yeah, they, I mean, they're, yeah. right now they would have to go on the road, right, which would be tough, um, although home field advantage has dwindled in the last few years. But it still would be tough if they have to go, you know, into Lambeau Field, for instance, in January, that's going to be a tough game. So their road is looking a little as they keep losing those games. Those road, that road is looking harder, right? If they can't jump over the Cardinals, right now I think they'd play the Bucks actually, right? So if the, if the season ended today, mm-hmm. I'm not confident in that. Yeah, that's yeah. that's tough. Now, I mean, the end of top of the NFC, man, it's a lot of heavyweights. It's gonna. I, I think it's Cardinals or Cowboys Super Bowl, and I can't fucking wait. I hope. That it's one of those two, not the Should Packers. Yeah, the Packers today. are too good. It's outrageous. So it sounds like the question is, can Bobby Trees be replaced by Airplane Jackson? Is that a good Van Jefferson? Airplane movie? Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, that was pretty good. Thank you. I thought you were talking about Odell Beckham the whole time, so that's why I was confused. No, no. yeah, he sucks. Washed. Uh, one more team to hit on real quick. Our boy Cam Newton has returned to save the Panthers from mm. – the hell of Sam Darnold being your quarterback. Uh, they are right now in the seventh seed at five and five, I believe. Uh, now, Seth, I know you love this team coming into the year, and they are currently in the playoffs. Does Cam hold on to this playoff position and boost this offense, which is right now 26? <laughs> well, it's hard to go down from 26. <laughs> so uh, I think they could hold on to a playoff spot. I mean, Cam's no great shakes, but he has that rushing upside and his throws are just as ass as Sam Darnold's. So. Exactly. What Cam Newton does to this team is he kind of turns them into the uh, the Baltimore Ravens of the NFC, right? Mm. Like, you just have, running. right, yeah. You have good running backs, which I guess Baltimore doesn't, have with the injuries right but 
uh, a dynamic quarterback, someone that's not a super accurate passer, as we've seen the last year or two from Cam. Uh, one dependable wide receiver, and then rely on your defense. Yeah. You know what, though? I mean, Lamar to Cam, that's like a – what's worse than like a Walmart version? Well, yeah, 100%. I'm just saying like construction-wise, it's a similar right. style offense is what we're going to probably see. Yeah. I'll be interested to see it. See, I mean, I'm I'm happy for Cam that he's back. Honestly, they should oh, probably man. just do what they did last week. Let PJ be their quarterback between the twenties and then or between the tens and let Cam <laughs> Newton come in at you know within the Driving 10 yard. Home. Yeah. Yeah, it yeah. worked great. Yeah. Why not? So let him be their red zone quarterback, essentially. I mean, they have a good, as good a shot to make the playoffs as anyone else in the NFC. I mean, who are they competing with? The Vikings? Jesus. Yeah, it's embarrassing. Vikings, Niners, Atlanta Falcons. Falcons, who I guaranteed would make the playoffs before the season. But then the second week, you also said that they're done. So, <laughs> <laughs> And we let it stand. <laughs> All right, let's hit the NBA real quick before we head out. Uh it's time <clears throat> to talk about the Chicago Bulls. Seth, you can just leave. You can go make a sandwich or something. We don't need you for this portion. Sounds good. <laughs> um, so they are 10 and 5, third in the East. Uh, lost a late last night uh, game to the Blazers. But otherwise, on this road trip, have already beaten the Lakers, the Clippers, and the Mavs, and then beat the Sixers and the Jazz um, the last couple of weeks. Narrowly lost to Portland the other night. They yeah. don't have. Vooch, which is, mm-hmm. you know, when we have little front court depth, that, that hurts. Yeah, so Patrick Williams already lost for the year, and then Vucevic uh, in COVID protocols right now. So, but we are still keeping pace. Um, ninth in offense, ninth in defense. You love to see that top 10 in both early, obviously, in the season. Only three teams. So last season, Golden State, Miami, and Chicago. Only three teams with top 10 offense and defense. Now I'm trying. That's to, what you want. That is exactly what we want. Now I'm trying to temper my expectations. And last time we're on this podcast, Seth, you can come in for this part. But last time we're on this podcast, right? We said it's been great so far. It's been a few games. Let's see what happens when they play the real competition, right? I think overall they've answered answered any question we could have had about playing up to their competition when they have a tougher schedule. Um, so, listen, I've I've loved what I've seen so far. DeRozan is like third in the league in scoring. Uh, An MVP candidate? Maybe. <laughs> there's there's rumbling starting to happen. Uh, I mean, I think the, we know that the best thing about I think the, he's the leading Bulls team, fourth quarter score in the league, too. I think the best thing about the Bulls team is the nickname for their three best players. Yeah. So. Would you like the to big three on this podcast? The big three. DeMar DeRozan. Lonzo Ball. And Zach Levine equals... The ball, Zach, baby. <laughs> Greatest nickname. I absolutely love to see it. Sexland, get out. We have a new nickname. I think Sexland might still be better. But, but they don't even have Sexton right now, right? Right now they're Rubland. They're yeah. and they've been trying to trade Sexton for months and notable bite. Uh, you know, and the other thing I was worried about with this team is the defense, right? With Booch, he's not a great rim protector. Obviously, Levine and DeRozan aren't known for their defense, but with Ball and Caruso starting, you cannot. Like, no guards can get past those two. And, I, Kyle, on the ringer today, I see a video titled, 
Alex Caruso and Lonzo Ball are defensive gods. Does that does that excite you? One hundred percent. I think it's kind of rude. You know, that was one of the biggest things about the Caruso signing, right? Is statistically last season he was one of the top defensive guards in the league, and that's something that the Bulls terribly needed. Lonzo has been like that for his whole career. He's improved his shooting form. I'm pretty sure, what, is he top five in three-point percentage right now? It's incredible if you look at his his old Lakers tape and how bad his shot was compared to now. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's putting the work to – Yeah, it just looks like a normal jump shot now. I mean, it used to be, like, over the side of his head, like, thrown like that. <laughs> yeah. But how does it make you feel I, – I feel giddy as a Bulls fan, but how does it make you feel as a Bulls fan that – Steve Nash, after a game the other night, said that he doesn't put the Nets in the same elite category as four teams in the league. The Warriors, the Heat, the Bulls, and the Bucks. Someone give me a towel because I just can't. <laughs> I, I am trying to temper my expectations, but it's tough. It has been tough to temper. I have, like, feelings of early Derrick Rose Bulls teams watching this team. Mm-mm. Wow. You know, when we were playing the Lakers, I mean, I didn't watch the whole game because it's past my bedtime when the West Coast games end, but six o'clock. it was like we were better than them the whole time. It wasn't even close. Yeah. And I mean, obviously they don't have LeBron, but they still have Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook. And it was like, and those guys are still learning to play together. But, you know, we got these new offseason acquisitions and it's like they've been playing together the whole life. Like it, on offense, it just seamlessly fits, right? They Which, fit together very, very well. I wasn't sure. expecting that, I guess. I mean... I thought it was possible, but when you have DeRozan, Levine, and Vucevic all having been the fulcrums of their offense before, you know, you never know how it's going to fit together. And Vuce is definitely taking a step back. And, you know, he he goes off when he needs to, but usually he's the one who's not scoring as much, and it seems to be going fine so far. So, I mean, it's been a seamless fit. And playoff-wise, they're going to make a move, right? They're going to make a move for a pretty – a solid front court player. You like, think. I feel like they need to. You would think, yeah. But I mean, it's not going to happen until around dead time, deadline time. At least not until after December 15th, probably, which is when a lot of players become available. Um, but, yeah, I think it's been it's been nice having Caruso, especially because, like, we've seen him on the biggest stage, right? He started game six of the, of the finals with the Lakers when they won. Um, he knows what it takes to win in the playoffs. And then we'll see what the other, the other guys, right? You know, it seems like we're going to make the playoffs. And then we'll see Levine has no playoff experience, right? Mm-hmm. DeRozan has time and time again disappointed us in the playoffs. And now, you know, with the Spurs and especially with the Bulls, he does seem to be an improved player, but you just don't know when the rubber hits the road, as they say, you know, if he's going to go back to his old ways. So I'm tempering my expectations. I'm really excited, but, you know, we will see come playoff time, right? But coming into the season, I wasn't even sure they'd make the playoffs. So, see, I on the other hand, <laughs> what I have them, they have them fourth, fifth, I believe. Fifth. I was low. I was low on them. Seems that way so far. I mean, I would still take the Bucks, the Nets, and the Heat over them. And so we'll see if you know maybe they can do the Hawks thing of last year, right, where they avoid the Bucks and the Nets until conference championship time. That's the, really their only shot. But yeah, I think at this point they can ride their momentum at least to a, a four or five seed. I'm kind of concerned about them. That's not going to lie. Really? Mm. Share your concerns with me. I mean, obviously we've seen 
how the rule changes and the, the foul calling changes have affected Harden's game. He's taking. Oh my God, do you believe what you're hearing? Oh my he's, God. He's taking considerably less free throws per game than he has his entire career. And that's really where he's made his, a lot of his money. Right. And, um, you know, Durant is still Durant, but he's on that back end uh, of, you know, the, of the slope of his curve. What am I trying to say here? Ceiling? Prime? Yeah, back end of his prime. There you go. I wasn't even listening, honestly. (laughs) I just shot with ceiling. He's on the back end of his ceiling. (laughs) And it's like, without Kyrie, hey, I'm a big Bruce Brown fan, but is Bruce Brown their third best player? It depends on the night and the match. Oh, you hate Joe Harris. Patty Mills. Joe has been... Man. Do not get him started. (laughs) I don't know what happened to Joe, but he's not Joe anymore. Who is he? He's Joe without an E, <laughs> if anything. Uh, I want to wrap up soon, but I I have one statement to make before we play a little fun game at the end here. Oh, God. Here's my statement, and the listeners will be happy to know this. Are you ready? This is big. Are you guys sitting down? I am sitting down. You're looking at both of us. <laughs> I am now in on DeMar DeRozan and out on Ben Simmons. Wow. Now, previously... Ben Simmons was my son, my own offspring, <laughs> and DeMar DeRozan was your nemesis. Was my nemesis. He was the subject of a nightmare in which I had to name my firstborn after him. And yet, now you're looking forward to. I've done a complete 360. Yeah. Well, actually, that would put me right back where I started, right? 360. Yeah, 360. You've done a 180. <laughs> yeah, I've done a 180. DeMar, I love him. Love what he's brought to the Bulls. Ben's over here. <laughs> we'll make this quick, but listen. First, he says he has a bad back, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, reasonable. And then he said, like, oh, I have mental health issues. That's why I can't play. Now, I'd like to give him the benefit of the doubt and say that he has some mental health things he has to work through. Certainly, the way he, like we talked about, had been treated by his teammates we and coach of- could lead to it. But at the same time, this is the first we've heard of it and only when they started finding him. You know, so I, it feels disingenuous to me. And I don't like the thought that perhaps he's using mental health. You know, he's using it in a disingenuous way to get to get out of fines. This is what I'm worried that he's doing. Right. But it's kind of like whose side are you going to take? Because it was one of the biggest concerns of mine. And we've talked about it in text in the offseason. It was like, how does a player that was you know, dismissed by the other star player on his team and his coach after the season ended, you know, publicly multiple times, how does a player of his age deal with that? Mm -hmm. Right. And then, you know, essentially saying, I don't even want to play here, but you're going to force me to play. They're putting him through a lot of shit. So to say that he's just making up like that, he's having a hard time right now. It, doesn't sit well with me like i i side with ben simmons on this until we hear otherwise i don't really have a side i just worry that that's what he's doing i guess you know because that's what the organization's making it seem like too right 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 we don't have any statements from ben simmons no one's asking him anything there are no winners in in either side here yeah i mean i don't doubt that it's a horrible environment for him to play in but i think that he's culpable in creating that environment to some extent. And from what we can tell from 
what teammates have said about him from going back to college. Like it just, and just watching his game and how he hasn't really improved. Like, yeah, he's become a really good defender, but offensively he hasn't done anything. And it, I, I'm feeling now like it's just one of those things where he doesn't work very hard at his game. Which was one of the big points on his scouting report. I think someone posted a picture of what his scouting report from college was. And that was number one is like, he doesn't feel like he needs to put in the work that everyone else does. He's given up on teams before, like at LSU. Um, it, It just seems like he's, I mean, that's that would be my reason why I wouldn't really be so excited about having him on my team. And I would imagine that's why his team has kind of quit on him in, in response now. Mm-hmm. So, you I, know what's interesting? Like, if you were to take Ben Simmons in one hand and Lonzo Ball in the other for their careers and the amount of, like, mm-hmm. hate that they've gotten and how they both reacted to it, it's really interesting to look at like Lonzo went from like a top pick like Ben Simmons being shit on for not being able to do things. And well, Ben Simmons didn't have a dad that was right. Went on to some crazy media crusade either. An extra thing that Lonzo's had to deal with and Lonzo just put his head down and bettered his game 100% pretty much in every facet. Whereas Mm -hmm. Ben Simmons, as you said, you know, we think of him as an elite defender. We've always said he has what it takes to be like a Gian- Giannis light, mm-hmm. but he doesn't seem like he's putting in that work to do that. Yeah. Last thing I would say is like, I want there to be a space where athletes can speak about their mental health and share mm-hmm. how they're feeling. And for us to be accepting of that. Yeah. And, you know, I've talked before about how sometimes that feels uncomfortable to when any of us, or the media, especially questions the toughness of a player or how they react to pressure when if we were put in the same situation, we would probably react even worse, you know, and certainly not have the mental toughness to deal with what they do. And I just worry that if Ben, I'm not saying he is, but just the timing of it leads me to believe that it's possible that he's abusing that system yeah abusing the system as as that's a way to get out of fines when i want that space to be available for players i really need it you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. yeah if it comes out that's actually what's happening that definitely puts uh you know sheds a bad light onto something that's there to improve the mental health of nba players right i i think i just as a last point on this i think i compare it to any other workplace Mm -hmm. right like If I went into work, did a mediocre job, and my coworkers started calling me out on that, and I responded by saying, you know what, screw you, I don't have to work harder and get better at stuff, I'm just going to go, you know, find another job that's better, and I don't need you guys anyway, but I have a hard time finding another job, and so then I say, well, I need a, like, mental health leave Mm -hmm. and you have to keep paying me because it's a legitimate reason it's like it could be legitimate that yeah going to work every day is damaging for my mental health but Mm -hmm. it's my own fault that going to work every day sucks Mm -hmm. you know because i created that situation yeah so you know i don't think it's totally contrived or made up but 
I think he still should be held accountable for his role in that process. All right, we have to have something fun. You ready? Sure, oh boy. It's a certain, a certain game, a game show that I've invented. Wheel of Fortune, probably should watch out. Mm. Just, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that, um, you know, Pat Sajak's getting old. Perhaps it's time for a new game. I call it In or Out, all right? Any guesses to what that could be? <laughs> <construe? laughs> all right, so basically I'm going to name an NBA team view. Mm-hmm. Perhaps it has a surprising start. You tell me if you're In or Out. And you tell me where I would have expected that. All right. <clears throat> Number one, the Wizards of Washington, D.C., not the state. People get that messed up sometimes. All right. Ten and four, first in the East. Seth, you in or out? Mm, I'm in. He's in. Sentence. Give me a sentence. <clears throat> Ten and four, and Brad Beal's not even playing well yet. All right, that's five points for Seth. Just kidding. There's no points. Kyle, in or out? Out. They've had a decently easy schedule so far. Thank you. Next team, the Mavs of Dallas. Mavericks. Some people don't know that. Short for Mavericks. Nine and five. Fourth in the West. Kyle, you in or out? Depends on the Luka. Luka Doncic injury. If he's good to go, I'm still in. Seth. I'm in as well. As well was my sentence. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, I don't know. I'll just I'll weigh in on this. You're playing too. We don't. I weigh this one and I say I'll because Slovenia wouldn't have won the NBA championship Mm. most likely, and they're worse than them. Hornets. God, I love the Hornets. Nine and seven, fifth in the East. You're in your album, Seth. I mean, I guess I'm out. As Can I clarify as... this is in as in they're going to make the playoffs? Or You can have no. it however you want. Yeah. So I'm going to say out in the sense that I don't think they're a contender to win it all or even make it to the conference finals. But I do like their young players. The bright future Hornets, if you will. Get rid of James Borrego and I'm in. But for those reasons, I'm out. I fucking hate Bray. <laughs> I'm in because Miles Bridges is the best player in the league. Cavaliers of Cleveland. Not Columbus, as some might have thought. Mm. Nine and seven, six in the East. You in or out? Sexton's gone. It's the best thing that could have happened to the team. I'm in 100%. Mobley has the chance to be first team defense or an all defensive player in his rookie season. And he hasn't even reached his potential in scoring. How many centers? I was like seven centers. I don't give a shit. Minus five. I love Mobley. Evan Mobley or Prime KG? Nick deserved to take Jalen Green in that fucking draft, and I'm pissed. (laughs) That's fair. Seth, in or out? I'm in as well. I think. uh, Playing team, perhaps at least? I think Garland is legit, legit. Rubio opens another another door for that team. Yeah. And that door is the great hair. The Raptors. We the North, Drake, <laughs> Snow, Toronto in spring. You in or out, Kyle? I've been in since the preseason. <laughs> what are you talking about? God, I love Scotty They have Barnes. one of my favorite players, OG Ananobi. They have my second favorite rookie coming into the season, Scotty Barnes. I've been a Fred Van Vliet, Van Vliet stan for years now. I think that was 
I mean, that was a run-on sentence, but I think that was a sentence. I had a lot of semicolons in there. <laughs> You're out. <laughs> I'm not. I like Martins, but I think Toronto's missing a, a blue chipper. Mm. That's OG. He's injured now, but that's okay. Last one. You're going to like it's this one. Awesome. Last one. The Oklahoma City Thunder, <laughs> which are currently 10th in the West in a play-in seed, despite most of their players being poor at basketball. That's I don't think that's true, to be honest with you. Kyle's in. We'll get to you next. Lou Dorton's favorite player of all time. Seth, you out. out. You're out. Yeah. I mean, Shea is great, but I don't see them doing much. I'm in. He's Shea's in Dan. on the worst team in the league. What are you Not expecting? Not the worst team in the league, though. No. Well, I've been a Shea stand. I'm going to sure. defend this. I've been a Shea stand as well. It's been him and Van Vliet for years at this point for me. Been a Lou Dort hater for years, but at this point, he's on track to score more points than money he's going to make this season. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Giddy, I think, is the truth. And James Robinson Earl. Better than... James Earl Jones? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, he's... Better than what? Jacksonville running back James Robinson. 40% of the centers in the league. The thing we're not talking about, though, is although they're short on talent, they have two players with three names, which equals six players. Therefore, they're always right. starting 11 players. Right. <laughs> People aren't talking about that. They're right. a legit team, to be honest with you. They're, they're deaf as ass. <laughs> they have uniforms. There's a play that takes them to the court, and they're they able to tickets. play basketball. <laughs> if you were to extract Shea and put him on – Pretty much any other team. You might you you'd say this every week. I you don't know. have to say it again. Okay. All right, just give it a little bit. End your sentence. That team is a finals finals favorite. <laughs> That's not how I was expecting it to end it at all. All right, that'll do it for uh, what did I say at the beginning. Team talk or something? I don't know. I don't, I don't remember listen. either. Uh, Kyle, why don't you send our listeners out? I mean, Shea Gilgis Alexander, first uh, first team on the.